in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, can you give God a hand of praise this morning? God is so good. And um, we don't realize sometimes the goodness of God because we focus on the stuff that's going on. I mean, can we be honest and with a show of hands? How many of you stuff happened in your life this week? How many of you stuff perhaps happened at work with your health or with your children or some of you perhaps this morning something happened on the way to church and you almost didn't come because something happened. And I need to tell you this morning The trial doesn't mean God's not there, but through the trial, you will see his greatness. Sometimes we think, if I lose this, it's done. Only to see that God sustains you through it all. And the book of Isaiah reminds us that he has us in the palm of his hand. And no matter what you're facing or going through, God will not let go of you. And the purpose that he's placed into your life will come into fruition. Sometimes we get stuck in traffic on the way somewhere and we get there late, but we get there. You know, I've been stuck in traffic jams on the way to Disney. Anybody here get stuck in a traffic jam on the way to Disney or on the way back home from Disney? Can I tell you, I've never gotten to the point where I'm like, forget it. I'm turning around and going back home because there's too much traffic. No. You make it into a game with the kids. You do whatever you got to do. You intercede if you didn't have full gas. <laughs> but you continue going. You do not allow the traffic to deter you from the destination of where you were going. And so can I tell you, no matter how hard the enemy may try to destroy you and derail you, do not allow that traffic jam to derail your purpose. Don't go down the rabbit hole. Don't get off and say, I'll find another way. Continue on to the place that God has for you. The Bible promises that the calling of God is irrevocable. I don't know who that for this morning is. You think you have been disqualified, but the call of God upon your life is irrevocable. The call of God upon your life is irrevocable. And the mercy of God will reach you in that place where you feel right now that you're not worth it. And God tells you, my son, my daughter, you are worth it, which is why I sent Jesus to die for you. And Father, we surrender it to you. We thank you for your fullness. For the fact that you never, ever, ever, ever will let go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And welcome.
to church this morning. If you're here for the first time, we welcome you to our church. And uh, if you thought this was a little weird and you're here for the first time, it's like, man, this is a little weird. Well, that's okay because we're not here for you. We do church to honor God. And we worship him and we praise him. And if you feel like jumping, you can. And if you feel like shouting, you can. And if you feel whatever you feel to honor God, we do. Because church is about him. And we tell him, God, you can have it all because we're here for you. And as a church, perhaps you're like, well, what do you guys believe? What do you do? Well, I like to remind everybody the reason why we exist as a church. And I remind you every week. So as a church, we exist. Worship Without Walls exists to get people to a place where they acknowledge, trust, and lean on God daily. And those three things, acknowledge, trust, and lean on God daily. I don't know about you, but I have a really hard time going a day without food. Anybody here, like, just skipping meals is like, oh, that's cool. No, 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 I get hungry. As a matter of fact, my wife rags on me all the time because I will finish eating a massive meal and start talking about what am I going to eat next. Anybody do that? Well, in your walk with God, do you know that it's a daily thing? It's not a once in a while. It's not just when I have an issue. It's not just when I have a trial. Many times that happens, right, because life happens, and we tend to give up or take for granted the one that we know is always going to be there. And I will tell you, God is always there. But that's why we exist, man. And it's why we have small groups. It's why we have prayer services. It's why we have different things for you to be able to connect. Because we want you to get to that place where you can acknowledge, trust, and lean on God daily. Amen? And throughout this year, we've been expressing and, and really honing in on articulating well what our values as a church are. Who are we? What do we represent? And, and throughout this year, we've been talking about some of our core values, one of them being to refill. And this is the, 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 the saying we have for it, keep your tank full. As a matter of fact, I, we have a little bracelet reminder thingy that, that's here. Mine's stuck in my shirt right now. But it says, keep your tank full. If you don't have one, grab them. We have them at the entrance. Give them away. Give it to somebody. Reminding yourself to keep your tank full constantly because the truth is you can't give what you don't got, right? And we're living in a chronic place of emptiness. Why? Because everybody's pulling from us, and if you don't take a, man, a minute to fill, then you're on empty. And let me tell you something. Pushing the car ain't fun. I was watching an episode of Hawaii Five O recently, the new series, uh, 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 and um, I've been binge-watching Hawaii Five O whenever I have a moment. My wife's like, we already saw that, and it already ended. Why are you watching? It's like, well, we're going on vacation. I want to see there. I want to see the sights. And there was a specific episode where, where, where they ran out of gas and they're pushing this car up a hill and they're sweating and they're struggling. And man, that's the way that some of us are. We're pushing our life and the things that we're going through at our effort up the hill. And the reason is because we're not taking a moment to refill. And how do you refill? You refill in prayer. You refill in worship. You refill reading the word. Perhaps you refill in serving other people. You refill on going for a run or working in the garden as you communicate with God, but refilling. Another one of our values that, that we've been talking about is the importance of refreshing, refresh. And when we talk about refresh, we say it even in the busy seasons. And that's straight out of the Bible. Do you know that God commanded us to Sabbath? He commanded us to take a day 
to rest, to for us to intentionally take a day where we do not do whatever is our work in order to be able to rest in God and refill your physical tank, your emotional tank, your spiritual tank. And it's the most broken commandment among Christians across the face of the earth. And we say things like, I'm too busy. It's the busy season, right? Like right now, anybody, who already did their taxes? Let's see. People already did them? Okay. Who still needs to do their taxes? Yep, still got to do mine. You talk to any accountant right now and they'll tell you, no, no, I'm working seven days a week. I'm working 12-hour days. I'm doing this. And, and I was talking to, to, to somebody the other day that, that's an accountant. And I was like, hey, you need to remember, you need to take a day. You need to rest. But it's my busy season. And I took them to the scripture where God tells the children of Israel, even in harvest season and in planting season, you have to take a day of Sabbath. Why was God so clear? Because he knew that to get it through our thick skull, I have a thick skull, to get it through David's thick skull, he had to tell him directly, even in the busy season, you need to rest and Sabbath. It's imperative. Like, it's a burden for me. It's a passion for me. Everybody I have an opportunity to, I talk to him about Sabbathing. I, I, I went to my wife's school a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and I went to go see her right before dismissal. I was going to pick up the girls, and she wasn't in her office. She was in a meeting, and, and I just sat there, and, and I was going to be like all romantic, and I got a little note, and I was writing her a little note and an encouragement and all the different things, right? And, 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 in, and, and, and comes by the, the, the office, one of the teachers at the school, who I know because I graduated with, I went to school with them for four years for high school. And, and so I'm talking to her and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And, and you could just tell, right? She, she was, it, was, it, was a, it was a rough day or whatnot. And, and I asked her this question. I was like, hey, you know, so-and-so, what's the last time you took a day off? And she laughed. I said, no, 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 for real. Like, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, I know you lead worship at your church and, and I know you're involved in this and, and you're doing this and da-da-da. When's the last time she was like, um... I really don't. I said, that's not healthy. You're killing yourself. And then I, I, I said this. I was like, if my memory serves correct. When my wife signed her contract and I, I read the contract, it said that your, your, your days off, like your sick days and stuff like that, you don't get paid out for them. Like you use them or lose them. So why don't you take a day? Like, no, David, I can't. I was like, yes, you can. You need to. And I went through the whole biblical principle of it. And so this week, I, I run into her, and she looks at me with a big old smile, and she was going to tell you something. I was like, watch. She was like, I'm taking Monday off. <laughs> I said, what? She's like, I submitted Monday off. We had this this week. Uh, the kids are already kind of checking out for spring break anyway. We have selection Saturday on, on, on Saturday. We've got, I, I'm leading worship at church on Sunday, so I'm taking the day off. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to go get a massage. I need a massage. I was like, good for you. I'm proud of you. I'm excited for you. Why? Because if you're not rested, you're not as good of a spouse. You're not as good as a parent. You're not as good of an employee. You're not as good of anything. I mean, have any of you ever been short with your kids because you were exhausted? Yeah, I see your feet too, yeah. yeah. Somebody's back there like, me, you know? 
When we are in an empty place, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, we're not able to then be the blessing that God has called us to be. And today I want to talk about another one of our really important, essential core values. And, 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 and if you've been at our church for any amount of time, you know that we do this and we do this big, and it's celebrate. Celebrate. And this is the phrase that I have for it, honor the moment. In their church, we celebrate everything. We honor everything. If, if somebody had a birthday, we celebrate it. Somebody got an A, we celebrate it. Somebody's going to college, we celebrate it. Somebody got an, you know, whatever, we celebrate it. Why? Because we honor the moment. And do you know that the Bible teaches us to do that? Throughout all of scripture, we see the Lord telling the children of Israel, and by extension, telling us the importance of celebrating celebrating victories, celebrating moments, and to keep them as remembrances, it says always, as statutes forever. Man, we're so quick to forget. We're so quick to focus on what we don't have. We're so quick to focus on what didn't work right, all right? Like, how many of you have kids, if you have kids, and you go to the park with them, and you're there for an hour and a half when you were only going to be there for 24 minutes, and at an hour and a half, you're like, all right, guys, it's time to go, and they're like, oh, man, this is the worst day ever. I got to leave the park. Have you kids ever done that before to you? And in your humanity, for a moment, you're thinking, you ungrateful, I brought you into this world, I can take you out of this world, and I'll repent after, and, right? Like, in our humanity, we think of stuff like that. We focus so much so on the thing we're going to lose or miss, instead of taking the opportunity and the moment to celebrate Victories. I want to take a minute to talk about Esther. Anybody here know who Esther is? Okay, Esther was the first Miss Universe, right? Like, like the contest started because of Esther. The story of Esther, you can read it. It's only 10 chapters long. It's, it's not a long book in the Bible. First of all, not only was she the first Miss Universe, I think that she could have been a Disney princess. Why? Her parents are dead. And <laughs> only two Disney people get that joke. Okay. She's got no parents, they're dead, and her cousin raises her. If that's not bad enough, they bring in all the virgins, and they select her to be the next queen. But it means there's a separation. She's not with her family anymore, right? And she's now in this foreign place being taken care of by all these different people. And, and then this, this guy wants to destroy her cousin, kill her cousin, and by extension, all of her people. And, and, and he comes up with this huge plan and this whole thing. And her cousin Mordecai comes to her and says, Esther, you got to go talk to the king. They want to kill us all. She says, well, I can't. The king hasn't called me. If I go before him, they're going to kill me if he doesn't extend the scepter. And, and long story short, we get to the place where God, through Esther... The fasting of the people of Israel brings deliverance against Haman and all of the people. And we get to Esther chapter 9, which is what we're going to read this morning. Go to Esther chapter 9, and we're going to start in verse number 18. Esther chapter 9, verse number 18. Look what it says, Esther 9, 18. But the Jews who were at Shushan assembled together on the 13th day as well as on the 14th. And on the 15th of the month, they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore, the Jews of the villages who dwelt in the unwalled towns celebrated 
the 14th day of the month of Adar with gladness and feasting as a holiday and for sending presents to one another. And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters to all the Jews near and far who were in all the provinces of King Asuerus to establish among them that they should celebrate yearly on the 14th and the 15th days of the month of Adar. So as a matter of fact, this week... Jews are celebrating Purim, Purim. Purim is the celebration of the deliverance of the children of of Israel through Esther. At the end of that day of of the, the deliverance against Haman and all the different people, Mordecai say, we need to celebrate this forever. And this week... They'll bake these little triangle cookies that have chocolate inside or figs or strawberries or different fruit. They'll give gifts to each other. The kids dress up in costumes and have fun, and they do these big celebrations and these big parties, all to celebrate a victory that happened thousands of years ago, and they're celebrating and remembering it today. Why? If you make notes, jot this down. When we... celebrate, we honor. When we celebrate, we honor. What is Purim celebrating? Well, it's honoring God and his deliverance, but it's also a reminder that if he delivered them then, he's going to deliver you now. You know what else happens when you celebrate? You not only honor, but when you celebrate, you remember. You remember things. I mean, there's so many things in our life that because we didn't take a moment to celebrate it, we forget about it. And then somebody says something and it triggers a memory. It's like, oh, I remember. Oh, yeah, God was with me. God was with me there. He's with me there. And we remember it. We honor and we remember. We acknowledge is what it means to celebrate. We acknowledge And sometimes the devil gives us kind of like this thought, right? Like this fleshly, worldly thought of like, but this is insignificant. Can I tell you? It may be insignificant to some, but for others, it means the world. Like when my four-year-old tells me, dad, I prayed to find my egg and I found it, I'm going to celebrate it. She found her plastic egg with a dinosaur inside. But you know what I'm celebrating? The fact that she acknowledges because she prayed and God helped her. You know what's going to happen next time? That's going to then encourage her. Because when we celebrate, we encourage. Think about it. We honor, we remember, and we encourage. We are encouraged and we encourage others. Do you know that when you take a minute to celebrate a victory of God in your life, someone else is encouraged by it? Some people... They get upset because you celebrated. I mean, somebody's like, oh, you're talking about celebration. One passage. Well, how about the story of the prodigal son? Which could also be called the story of the bad older brother. It sounds good in Spanish. La historia del hermano pesado, right? (laughs) Doesn't translate well in English. We can call it the story of the loving father. And what's that story? This man who two sons, who has an inheritance to give, the younger one says, Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me what's going to be my inheritance now. 
And the father, even though I'm sure, and the Bible doesn't say it, but I'm sure it hurt him like crazy. He prepared what he had to do and he gave him the inheritance and the kid wasted it all. And one day he resides and realizes if I just go back to my father, I can just be a servant. I don't even need to be a son anymore. I'll just be a servant. And he goes back, and the Bible says in Luke 15 that the father sees him from a distance, runs to him, hugs him, puts sandals on his feet, a new robe, a ring on his hand, and says, go kill the fatted calf. We're having tremenda noche buena, like barbecue time. Pull out the pig, make it, roast it, celebrate. Because this is my son who was dead and is now alive. What do we learn from the older brother? The older brother didn't want to go into the party because he couldn't understand how dad forgave him so easily. So there might be some people in your life who don't want to go in and celebrate with you. But if it's a victory in your life, take a moment and celebrate it. Take a moment and honor it because that victory is a victory. A win is a win. And we've got to celebrate it. You know what else the Bible tells us in Luke? That every time that somebody gives their life to Jesus, there's a party in heaven with all the angels. Celebrating. I mean, if that's not an example of the importance of celebrating when good stuff happens, I don't know what is. We celebrate. John chapter 16, it talks about a woman in labor pains and how it hurts like crazy. But when the baby is birthed and she holds the baby in her arms, the thought of the pain leaves for the joy of the baby in her arms. And right now, you may be going through a trial, through a birthing pain, through a problem. But let me tell you, when you celebrate the moment and honor the fact that God saw you through it and you see the baby in your hands, the pain that you went through can go out the window. We celebrate, we honor, we remember. It encourages us. Well, if I were to ask anybody on the face of the earth, even if they've never stepped foot in a church, know nothing about the Bible, have you ever heard of David, King David? Everybody's gonna say yes. And if you ask them, well, what do you know David for? The bulk of the people, especially people who don't know the Lord, they're gonna say David and Goliath. One of his greatest victories, right? Well, when, what happens when you read the scripture in 1 Samuel, you understand that when David was going to face Goliath and everybody told him, but you're a young kid, you can't do it, this guy's a big warrior, all these different things, David answers and says this, I fought a lion and was victorious. I fought a bear and was victorious because it was God. And this giant shall be like one of them. When he honored the previous victories, he was able to be encouraged and remember and face the giant. And when you take a moment to celebrate, even if it's a small win in your life, you will be able to build upon it and get to the victory of the war. In some battles you might have lost, some different circumstances might have happened, but celebrate each win as what it is, a win that gets you into the next win and to the next place where you have victory overall, you need to pause and honor the moment. Honor the moment. My wife and I, we, we, we talk all the time and uh, we debrief on our day, if you will. So how was your day? What did you do today? What was going on? And again, I, I said it a little while ago, sometimes we have rough days. I'm not exempt from rough days. She's not exempt from rough days. Sometimes we have rough days. And we'll sit. It's like, hey, so tell me what happened. 
well, this happened with this kid, or this happened with this, or this happened with that, and, and all these different things. And after we unload, we'll ask each other, okay, so tell me one win from today. Tell me one thing that happened that was good. And to think for a minute, find something. Okay, give me another thing that happened today that was good. You think for a minute, you find it. Can I tell you that every single time we always end up finding more wins than losses? But we focus on the loss, so pause and celebrate the wins. I could hear the excitement in her, verse, in her uh, voice this Thursday. She called me at one point when she was walking to get her lunch or whatnot, and, and I could hear the excitement. I was like, what's going on? She's like, I got to tell you what just happened. I was like, what happened? She says, well, you know, today was chapel, and we were breaking up boys and girls, and we were doing different small groups, and I was just walking around, and I went to make sure that, that, that Pastor Rigo was, was set with the boys, and when I walked in to make sure everything was fine, I saw that the intern was in the class, and she's a girl, so I looked at her, and I said, I'm sorry, sweetheart, you can't be here. This is going to be for boys. So you got to go, so she's like, well, where do I go? And she took a minute. It's not somebody who's supervising the thing. She says, well... We have some small groups for girls. Why don't you come sit in on one of them? And the girl starts telling her, this is an intern at the school. It's a Christian school, but the interns come from different universities. This girl does not know Jesus. But tells her how there's just been a change happening. She doesn't understand it and, and all these different things. So she, she walks her over and says, listen, I want you to go sit with the sixth grade girls. And, and here, let me walk you to the room. And, and she sits there. And there's worship. And, and there's a preaching. And you know what happened? That girl gave her life to Jesus with a bunch of sixth graders because it took a moment to walk them over. And so she called me. She says, I've had one of the best wins today because somebody gave their life to Jesus. And you know what? There was a party in heaven because she gave her life to Jesus. And there's a party going on. So let's celebrate. Let's honor. Like, perhaps you walked in today, and if you're observant, you saw that there were flowers in the entrance. And you're like, why are there flowers today? Well, if you didn't know, today's National Plant a Flower Day. And you know, we, we said, hey, we believe in celebrating. Let's get plants. And when you leave today... Take one with you and get with your family and plant it and water it. And they're annual, so every year they're going to flower again. And it's going to remind you to take a moment and celebrate. It's going to remind you to take the minute to do something and say, I honor the moment. And when the day is rough, which there's going to be rough days, this is what I want you to do. I mean, write this down, ingrain it in you. When you're having the rough moment, pause. Find the win. Celebrate and honor the moment. Pause. Find the win. Celebrate and honor the moment. The win might have been that your kid did not wet the pull-up that night. But hey, a win's a win. <laughs> Can't wait for the day I don't have to do any more pull-ups, right? The win might be that you didn't lose your temper that day. The win might be that you said no to the cookie because you're on the diet. I mean, I don't know, but find the win and honor it. Find it and honor it. Celebrate it. And even if other people don't understand and want to rain on your parade, understand that you're not living life for people. We live a life to honor God. 
And as we honor God, guess what? We're going to bless people. Get a book to write down your victories. Get somewhere where you can jot them down. Find the wins and celebrate the wins. Pause and honor the moment. Why? Because that is going to help you the next time you have a battle, the next time you have a circumstance, the next time you have a trial, because you'll be able to go back and remember what God did yesterday, what God did before, and you can know that he will do it again. Our mind needs to shift. It's why Romans 12 tells us that we need to renew our mind. And I ask you, what what are we ingesting, right? Because sometimes we are ingesting garbage. We're not ingesting what needs to be ingested. And then we wonder why we're short or ill-tempered or not healthy or whatever the case might be. And it goes back to, well, what are you putting into your diet? And church, I encourage you this morning, analyze the diet of the way you're living your life and ask yourself, hey, am I refilling? Am I taking a minute to refresh? And am I celebrating stuff? There's nothing wrong with celebrating. Find a reason. Find a win. And then build on it. That's going to get you through the storm and whatever next one comes after that. Come on, church, just stand to our feet. Father, this morning, we thank you once again for what you have done and are doing. And Holy Spirit, we tell you, have your way in us. Father, personally, I repent for sometimes being like the children of Israel, complaining because there was no water, complaining because I only had manna, complaining because of this and wanting what I had before. Lord, I repent. And I thank you for you forgive and restore. And Lord, I make a commitment with you to celebrate everyone, even the little ones. We're going to celebrate the wins. We're going to pause and honor the moment. In Jesus' name. Come on, can you just worship him for a couple of minutes right there where you are?